on this day and almost at this exact time in 2019, the 15th of May, Derby County made history as the only team to overturn a first leg home deficit to make it to Wembley for the Championship Playoff Final. Enjoy. So, the end of the road tonight for Dwayne Holmes. And on comes Jack Marriott. We'll see how that changes things. And Marriott and Lawrence has gone to that number 10 position now. Oh, what a mistake! And it must be Marriott! What an impact! Oh, play for him in the end! Extraordinary! Well, first touches don't get any better than that. And it's a complete misunderstanding between Casilla and Cooper. Here's Richard Keogh. Finds the pass here for Wilson. It's great football. Mason Mount here for Derby. Scores! Astonishing stuff. You see Wilson, he's aware of where Mount is. You think he's just lost it. Even when he loses his balance, he still has the presence of mind to scoop it over Casilla, who goes down to the ground. And what a start to the second half for Derby. Bogle, Bennett, Mount wanted it, but here's Lawrence. Oh. but he will know deep down that this was risky and it could end in a penalty and it's ending in a penalty great responsibility on young shoulders again and he's up to it how the tide has turned here that is an incredible penalty under such pressure sends Casilla the wrong way Mason, uh, first things first. How's uh, how's everything at the minute in the in the current situation for you? Uh, it's been tough. Yeah, I'm struggling. You know, 
spent um, most years, most weekends, over most years watching football uh, or being involved in football and um, probably for the last 40 years. So to have that taken away, and it's bad enough in the summer normally, um, but to have it taken away, you know, during the, the season, oh, it's horrendous. You know, it, I know it, it falls into insignificance with what's going on and you have to deal with it. Um, but yeah, I found it really tough, really tough. I don't know if you were aware, you may have been from social media, but this time last year, I would, I would have been travelling to Allen Road for that uh, playoff semi-final second leg. So it's really hit home today that it, it would have been, it's the first anniversary of that unbelievable winning. Obviously a brilliant performance of, of Mason that night. What are your, your memories of that night? Um, it, it was the best. <laughs> I, I celebrated I celebrated by watching the whole game again last night with my wife. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was amazing. I was on such a high after the game. Well, even, even though I knew everything that happened and... Uh, that's the second time I've watched it, but um, oh, it, was a, it was amazing. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and it, a, a lot of brilliant memories that season. I've, I think my favourite memory of that night was kind of getting to the ground and they were like they were celebrating that they'd gone to Wembley before a ball was kicked that night. There were scarves out, they were all kind of jubilant and there was a, a bit of an air in the derby end of, I think they've not quite done this yet. It's only 1-0 and they, they thought they had us beat. So that was, it kind of made it all the sweeter. Hundred percent. They thought it was all done. They thought it was done when they were walking out of Pride Park uh, with a one-nil victory. They thought it was over, and and you can understand why. They, you know, they they'd had the results over us in the in the league, and they played well in the first leg. You know, and um, they were flying at the time. Had a couple of little hiccups, and to go there, you know, it's such an intimidating place. I I remember, you know, looking at the crowd with. with they held all their scarves up and they were just they're phenomenal. The atmosphere was unbelievable. Yeah, you know, one yeah. of the best, you know, my top in within my top three without a doubt. And um and they thought, you know, went to score the goal <laughs> just sense that they thought that's it, done yeah. the deal, we're going to score another three or four. And and to be honest, I just knew I just knew Derby were gonna come back in. I just knew just get that goal, you know, mm. and, and to score it when Jack come on and score it, it the whole atmosphere just sucked out of the crowd I thought and <laughs> they were they were so nervous after the the kickoff the second half and then Mason uh, put another now in the coffin so it was tremendous you know and fan he's got Leeds United all like tattooed on him he's got it across back and he's he's grown and he lives there, played for me for many years, a crazy goalkeeper. <laughs> and he texts me uh, on the way on the way up to Ella Road. And, uh, he said, do you want to meet for a beer? I said, no, no chance. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be having a beer of all the Derby fans. Thank you. And uh, he just said, I'd, he said, we're going to smash you. He said, but I'll bet the boy Mount goes and nicks a goal. And that's what he said. And then <laughs> afterwards, I said, you got that right? He said, I can't even think about talking to you. Really? So, Wait, tremendous. Me- Mason's goal that, that night as well. I, I watched the highlights back earlier. and I mean, I've watched him probably 50 times since, but I watched him back earlier and it was such an underrated finish. I mean, it just can't, it got lost in the night of it, but to go, it was kind of falling over and to have the presence of mind to still still put that away. So it really underrated goal. I asked him what, what happened. He said he slipped. <laughs> he just, his boots went from under him. Really? Always, even as a little boy, just made, make sure he got the right boots on. Make sure he got the right boots on. <laughs> and uh, he had studs on. He just said he just... He said I had to twerve and he yeah. lost his marker. And he said, and as I took another step, he said, my, my feet went from underneath me. He said, but I just had to get on the end of that ball. <laughs> yeah. He said, and I felt if I got on the end of it, I'd just lift it over him. 
And yeah. That's what he does. So, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. 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 Well, Make hair on the back of the neck stand up now. <laughs> talking about it. I know. Well, where does that rank? Because there were some unbelievable games that year. There's obviously beating Man United away, uh, the, the game at Chelsea where we probably should have got a result, the 4-3 at Norwich, and Mason was involved in all of them games. It, it was just like a season that uh, they were never really Southampton beat, were they? Away as well. Southampton yeah. away, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fun for us was the Southampton away, yeah. I mean, no raw Mason to go to Old Trafford and the Norwich game. That was just crazy, you know? Yeah. It was just unbelievable. It was brilliant game and uh, I mean we were right tucked up in the in the stand in the corner and yeah. um, you would have thought you would have thought we, we had 25,000 there it was a, look at me we the Derby fans we would have thought well, there was 25,000 that's the noise they make but yeah it was just brilliant uh, there was some unbelievable it was an unbelievable season I know there were some downs but there was more ups and downs and um, you know I I I, I just loved every minute of it, home and away. You know, it, you know there was there was a couple of bad days away from home. The fans, I felt for the fans, but you know, generally the fans were phenomenal. Mm. And obviously the Southampton one, you being a Portsmouth fan, and great, so that's even sweeter, isn't it? To go, it's like the equivalent of me having a lad going to Forest and doing the business, isn't it? So it makes yeah. it that little bit sweeter. Uh, it, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing, and the crowd were giving Mason some stick. Really. And, uh, yeah, and I said to my wife, they're going to pay for that because every time he went and took a corner, they were giving him abuse because you know, he's from Portsmouth and he's a, he's made it very known he's a Pompey fan. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they, they were giving him powders. And uh, I said to, to my wife, Debbie, he's going to make him pay for that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he, he just marched up and I, I just said, there's no way you'll miss that. No, no way you'll miss that penalty. <laughs> the, the season at Derby, how much do you think it helped Mason's development um, did come at the right time. Obviously, playing under Jody Morris, who he'd come through the youth team with, and having the Chelsea connection maybe helped. But playing in that team and and having some success, do you think it, it brought him on development wise? Oh, massively, hmm. massively. It's it's it just can't you just can't underestimate how much it's uh, helped Mason. Without a doubt, I think a number of things. You know, the club first and foremost, the players at that club. Without a doubt, you know, he, there were some real characters and there still are, obviously, but mm. Mason was in the thick of it and he just learned, he, he, he went, you know, he, I said he went to Vitesse as a boy and come back a man. He definitely went to Derby and come back <laughs> as a man, that was for sure, you know, and uh, mixing with some great guys in there mm. like you know, Huddleston and Keo and John O and, mm. and people like that. He, he just he, he just loved it, a waggle, he loved them, you know, and in, and they're still really good friends now. He's still really, really good friends of them. Um, I think, you know, that was key. The the fact, uh, the size of the club, it's a massive club, Derby. And when, when he when he spoke to, to Frank and Jody about going there and we came out and um, I said to him, I need to tell you about Derby. And I told him about the stadium. He'd been there actually with the under-23s. I was Chelsea. I lost one nil. I always remember it. We went up there, and I wanted to go to the stadium, and I watched him play with the under twenty threes. And Chelsea under twenty threes were flying. They lost one nil to Derby. Were down the bottom, and they they needed to get a win. Otherwise, they'd have got relegated. And Mason Bennett scored a goal. And um, I can remember and, that game actually. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. yeah it was the first. Uh, it was the first year they went up into like the Premier, like our first yeah. year as a cat beat it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I was sort of pleased that Derby won because I mm-hmm. wanted them to stay in that league because if Mason was going to stay playing under 23s which he didn't and it would have been good to go back there and Derby were a good sell and I, you know I told him the history of Derby I remember going to watch 
derby at the baseball ground mm. with my uncle. Um, and I remember, obviously, the Clough era and everything. So I, I just said they're a massive club, massive fan base. It, it was amazing. That, that, was, that was important, the setup at Derby. Obviously, you know, the back room with Frank going there, mm. which, you know, that was new to Mace, but he knew Jody and knew a couple of the, the back room staff that, that, that Frank took there. And the fact of you know, where, where he lived, he was happy. He mm. shared with, with Harry Wilson and they were settled and they were happy where, they, where he lived, lived in a lovely area and, and just really, everything was perfect, really, really, mm. really was. Obviously, you mentioned watching Mason, obviously, uh, as a kid, but he, was, he went everywhere with him. I've read an article earlier, actually, when he said how much of an influence you were on him growing up as a player, that like teaching the ugly side of things, and you, you can't just do the nice things in football and whatnot. But it's obviously difficult at a young age to tell, but could, did you always know that he was going to make it or play it or get to a certain level, or was it not to really developed into his, his teens? Because it's obviously harder to tell, isn't it, young? I never, ever thought... I would never say, I I never thought and I never ever said he's going to make it. Mm. It's impossible to tell. There's there's just so so many factors, you know, and players, young lads develop at different ages. I mean, the one thing I was going to make sure, because I knew Mason had a love for football. He absolutely loved it. And from a very, very, very young age. And I was a non-league manager and a coach for 16 years. So, when Mason got to six years of age, I, I just finished it all. You know, I'd done 16 years and that was you know, that was the time for me to walk away. We won the league, so it was no better time to walk away with uh, Haven and Wallyville. We were Haven Town then. They, they then became Haven and Wallyville. Um, um, sorry, with Newport. I was with Haven before I went to Newport Isle of Wight. So we won the league, won the Southern League. So I walked away and, and said, look, you know, I, I just want to spend time and enjoy it with him. So, you know, I gave him the time and, Obviously, with a background with football, he'd spent a couple of years coming into dressing rooms and coming to away games with my wife and seeing what, you know, football was about. And, yeah, um, I spent some time with him going up and down to the academy. I saw weaknesses in his game and things that he had to work on. And we, we me and him, we used to work on it. We used to take bags of balls over to training grounds and work on his left foot and work on his shooting and work on his passing. And, and a lot of it, especially as he got sort of 13, 14, 15, was about strengthening him mentally, you know, and, and because there's a lot of ability. The boys he were with were all very, very, very good. The ones who were going to make it, the ones who were going to be given the professional contracts, needed to have that little bit extra, needed to make sure that, you know, they had the dedication. It's easy to say I'm dedicated, but actually be dedicated, you know, get in bed early, you know, sleep well, eat well, you know, focus on your training. And I used to say to Mason, you know, train every day. And I've always said this to him from a very young age, go to training and train that session like it's the last training session you're ever going to go to mm. and be the best. I've always said to him, be the best. And, you know, one of the things and when I remember Mason saying to me, he had the option to sign for Portsmouth Academy very young. They offered him at six and said, look, we're guaranteeing him at nine. We're going to give him a, con- a contract to sign him in our academy. And um, so we trained at Portsmouth through to eight and then uh, Mason um, committed to Chelsea. And I, I used to say to him that, um, you know, why do you want to go? You know, you've got a chance to sign for Portsmouth. In the, Southampton come in as well and offered him, they saw him playing football. And I said, you've got the option to go to a couple of academies. Why do you want to go to Chelsea? You know, tell me. And he said, because it's so tough. The players are so good and I want to be as good as them. So from a young age. That's incredible. Yeah. 
he always always had a desire and uh, to be as best as he can be, and and he's still got that. He still wants to be better, and he still wants to be as good as whoever he sees playing. He whoever he plays against, you know. Did you have much of a say in in the academy? Was it? Um... Did you have to look at like each club and go, well, I, I want Mason to go to Chelsea? And was there a, a, a thinking behind maybe choosing Chelsea? Or was it just what Mason yeah, well, what, wanted? What I've done is it was a bit of reverse psychology. I mean, I wanted him to sign for Chelsea. And I wanted him to sign for Chelsea because of the coaching was mm. unbelievable. That was on a different level. The, the structure they had there, the opportunities he would get going abroad from a very young age, playing in tournaments all over Europe, which he'd done two or three times a year, training with the best young London boys because they were getting the best. There was no doubt about that. And, you know, at six, seven and eight, while he was fighting to be one of the selected to get into that academy, the quality was phenomenal. So I wanted him to go there. It would have been easy for me to say Portsmouth. You know, we're all Pompey fans. We, you know, we, we follow Portsmouth and we go down. You know, we used to go to every game. And it would have been easy. It's five minutes up the road to take him there on a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. And my heart wanted him to go to Portsmouth, obviously. But realistically, I wanted him to go to Chelsea. He, um, we were getting bombarded by Southampton. We were never going to go to Southampton as a family. It just wasn't right for us. And Mason would never have done that. It was about going to Portsmouth, possibly Bournemouth and Brighton at the time as well, because they came in and showed an interest verbally. And I, I just said to Mason, it's your choice. And he said, Dad, I want to go to Chelsea. And I said, why? And he said, because it's so tough. The boys are so good. It's brilliant. I love it there. I've been there in the development centre for two years. They've off- If they offer me, I want to sign for them. And they did. So. Do you think he would have reached the, like, the level he has if he'd gone through a different academy? Do you think Chelsea were pivotal in his development? Or do you think like, quality would have, have kind of shone through anyway? And it was more Mason's attitude that, that got him to his level? It's a tough one to answer. I personally think you can only presume. I don't think he would have been. I mm. think by going to Chelsea, the intensity of the training, the mm. level of the training, I think has got him to where he's got. And, and you know, working on his weaknesses and talking to him mentally, strengthening him over the years and working with him and his desire. Saying that, you know, Portsmouth's a lot lower level academy, you know, and there's some good boys down there and they get snapped up by other academies. The coaching wasn't nowhere near on the same level. And, you know, I, I'm, it hurts me to say that. I'm a coach and I'm a Portsmouth fan, but it wasn't. Southampton was slightly different. Southampton got a fantastic academy, you know, and, and you know, I'm very uh, good friends and I've actually coached and worked one-on-one with James Moore-Prowse when he was a young lad because really? uh, dad's a personal friend. And mate, I used to coach Mason and James uh, together, just the two of them. We used to go and and to the local recreation grounds when wow. uh, James was between James uh, being the age of ten to fifteen, and Mason's about two three years younger than James. Um, so you know, James made it and came through. So I could say, yeah, I think had Mason gone to Southampton, he might have had had the chance. But but if Mason had signed for Southampton, then I would I wouldn't have a family. Nobody would have spoken to me. <laughs> I'd have no friends. No, they would have disowned me. Really? I mean, um, one of my very good friends is um, is Ben Osborne. He's a Derby lad, but he went on to play for for Forest and ended up scoring the winner. So, and I yeah. think his his dad was in a, yeah his dad was yeah. in a similar position, like Derby season to get older, and then suddenly had to go and start watching Forest every week. And I think that wasn't the easiest thing in the world at first. No, <laughs> no. Well, we're we're born with it, 
you know. Yeah, exactly. Unless, unless you're from the two cities, you don't perhaps realise how bad it is. But I, I had a very, I've got a very, very good friend, and he phoned me and he went, "You're not Mason's not gone down to Southampton, is he?" And I said, "Well, actually, he went down and played in a trial match, and it, it's quite funny." I knew one of the coaches at Southampton through non-league football, a guy called Dave Puckett, who played for Southampton first team. Yeah. And he played for me at Newport, Isle of Wight, in the Southern League and for a couple of years. And he phoned me and he said, Tony, I know Mason's at Chelsea and I know they've offered, but would you bring him along to, um, on a Friday night playing a game? We've got about 30 trialists coming in. We've got to make a selection and we'd love to have Mason just throw him in, just to compare the quality. So I said, I'll ask him. And I asked Mason. He was like, yeah, it's a football match. I will. I'll go. As long as I don't have to wear the red and white shirt, I'll go and play. And I took him along and he played. And then um, he played really, really well. I remember he scored about seven goals. And uh, all the way home, I had the, the head of uh, their, their academy phoning me saying, look, don't sign for Chelsea. We want to have a chat with you as a family. We want you to come to, up to the Dow for dinner. We want to speak to you and whatever. And Mace was sitting in the, in the car and he was nodding his head like no chance. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was eight years of age then. And he still remembers it. Yeah, like like you say though, it's in your blood, isn't it? It's what you it's what you brought up with. You just it's all yeah, you know. Well, it's the Derby Forest all over again, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. As a coach, then obviously you've coached at a decent non-league level. Watching Mason, what do you think his best position is? Eight or ten or second striker or where do you think he? If you if you was Frank Lampard now, where would you be? You developing him to to mould him into? I play him in centre of mid. I play him in the eight. Either on the left or the right or in the middle. One yeah. of the three. He's as comfortable on the left as he is on the right. Mm. I love him in the middle, and not as a holding, but as an attacking. Mm. Um, and he can play in the 10 as well. And to be honest, he can play left wing and right wing. He actually signed with Chelsea at eight years of age, a right winger. And they really? converted him into a centre midfield player. And for many years, right the way through to under 15, he played centre midfield. Then he played on the right. And then he got in the under 16, he got in the under 18s on the right of midfield. Uh, as captain in the FA Youth Cup, team he played mm. centre um, and he and he played for England he used to play centre midfield as an eight for Chelsea and then uh, every age group for uh, England he, he often played as a ten in mm. behind the striker when they won the Euros England under 19s he played in uh, behind in Etcher and as, as a number 10 and they won the Euro under 19s yeah I, I love him in the middle of midfield. I love him getting on the ball I think sometimes in a 10 he gets isolated especially if he mm. doesn't get the ball early um, and and then it looks like he's not involved in the game, but in the centre of midfield, I know Frank was playing him on the left against Leeds. He played him on the left. He's, he's much more involved. Get the yeah. ball off the back four. Get the ball off the wide player. Yeah, you can see that in some of the goals at that, at that Leeds game where he's he, he's picking the ball up off the centre halves and driving forward, and Leeds look terrified. Yeah. Didn't he? It, it was just yeah. driving him. Well, yeah, he'll play. He'll play. He'll, he'll play it and go, which is exactly. And yeah. Harry had the peace of mind. Just to reverse pass it and, and play him in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear, I'm getting goosebumps again now. I'll be just pulling up so at the right this time. <laughs> so am I. I might watch it again tonight. I know. <laughs> I'm going to have it on repeat. How's, um, how's you co- how do you cope and how's you coping with lockdown at the minute? Because it must be difficult to get in Chelsea's first team, get a bit of a, get a run of first team games. It's all come grinding to a halt and then you, it's difficult to kind of keep yourself going, isn't it? Yeah, well, it was tough because. Um, I think the last two or three games, he was absolutely flying. He played really well. He's played, he played really well against Everton. He scored again. And then, you know, the lockdown started. So, he's he, he dealt with it better than I thought he would, to be honest. You know, he's, um, 
he's, he's in isolation with his girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, um, and um, his brother, my other son, Lewis. And they're dealing with it. You know, he's training really hard. He's got a program. So, you know, he's, he's, he's active, you know, he's, he's always doing something. And uh, we speak to him every day. Let's just say we've always done so from when he left home at, f- at four, nearly 15. Um, and he, he either phones us or FaceTimes us or we FaceTime him. Um, so, yeah, he, he's dealing with it, you know. And um, there's a lot of things going on social media-wise with uh, FIFA competitions and various other things, and he's been involved. And he's been doing quizzes with um, different teams and different friends and different people. So I, I know he's busting to get back and, and playing football. And, you know, kicking a ball around the back garden is only limited. And no matter how many how many K you run in and whatever, there's nothing yeah. like it. Yeah, so, there's no... much fitness. Back. No, he's desperate to get back. And I think he's a bit torn because, you know, he's, he's, he's in a group WhatsApp and some of the players are very, very cautious. They've got family and, you know, they're, they're worried about coming back. And Mason's a single guy who wants to get back and he feels for them as well, you know. So there's a, he's torn. He sees both sides of it. But deep down, he just wants to play football. Yeah. Like he's always done since four years of age. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, that's the nice part of it, isn't it? When you've got a, a, a young lad who's... A, that level playing for Chelsea and it's still just the love of the game. I, I, I really like that as a football fan to hear stuff like that rather than it's a happy, happy sat earning a fairly decent wage and he just wants to get out and play. I love that as a, as a football fan anyway. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I agree. And that's, that's all, all he wants to do is play football and that's all that matters to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's not interested in anything else. You know, he's, you know, he's got, he's got myself and he's got a management team around him who deal with everything else. And, you know, he, he listens and takes things on board and he's aware of things. But is he interested? Really? No. He's just interested in the next game. And sometimes, I mean, you know, I tell you how, how funny it is. There's been times when on a Friday night he's been in a hotel playing for Chelsea and we've been, I've been talking and I said, like, you know, I'm get, I'll be up there, I'm driving up or getting, getting a, a taxi wherever to the stadium or wherever. And he'd go, what time's kickoff? And I'm like, don't you know? And he's like, oh. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, an early kickoff. It's one o'clock. It's on BT, and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I like that though. I like that because it's like great. he's taking the pressure off. He's kind of, he's out, yeah, it's yeah, out to be relaxed and before I'll a game. To him, I'll say, you know, you'll you'll be in Sunday because you got a game Tuesday, and they go, who we got? And I'm like, Champions <laughs> League game, and he's like, I don't know. I just look at the name. I just, I just know we've got Arsenal on sat- Sunday or Saturday or whatever. Yeah. He's, oh, that's, that's lovely. Genuine. Yeah. That's brilliant. How um. How good do you think he can be, potential-wise? Now, go on to be Chelsea captain, England regular, fifty caps for England. I mean, the world is oyster, isn't it? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and the reason I think that is because he's never going to sit back. He's never going to sit on any laurels. He's totally, totally driven to be the bestie, and he will work and work and work. And the thing is, as well, you know, he's got a Chelsea manager at the moment, and hopefully that continues for a long time. It, totally trusts him and believes in him. Um, and, and that started last year and continues now. And he's demanding of him, you know. There's no, there's no free ticket there, believe me. He drives and works Mason. And, and he has with England. Gareth believes in him and, and trusts him. And as long as Mason's doing the business and playing well and working hard, he's got a manager that he has had relationship with through went since he's been a young under 17, 18 at England and met, you know, spoken to Gareth when he was under 21 manager and Gareth seen him come through with the England DNA. 
So he's fortunate. He's got people that believe in him, people that work him, people that drive him, including myself. And uh, I think he can go a long way. Mm. Yeah, he, he would want a captain at uh, Chelsea, 100%. And really? he wants to win. I asked him the other day, what, you know, what's his ambition? He said, I want to win silverware for Chelsea and silverware with England, desperately. That's incredible. What an attitude. I just want to ask you finally, have you got a, a favourite derby memory from, from Mason's time last season? Obviously, a brilliant season. What's your, what's your standout from that season? Well, it's Leeds United game away. 100%. And, and, you know, the win at Old Trafford was special. Yeah. Because nobody expected it. And the atmosphere with the derby fans. And I, I waited for Mason to get on the coach afterwards. And he was mobbed by derby fans where they all were getting on to the coach. That was, that was special. And I can't even remember driving back from Manchester to Portsmouth. Uh, got back in the early hours of the morning. Don't even remember driving back. I was on such a high. Um, yeah, there was a lot of them. You know, Norwich way as as you touched on. For us personally, as a family, <laughs> and with all my friends texting me the Southampton game when he's put the penalty in and and they won. It, it, there was lots lots of really mm. special moments uh, uh, at Derby. I, I love I love the away fans. I love being with the away fans. I loved I loved standing in amongst them at, at the away games and I went to most mm. I love being at, at Derby as well you know getting there early we used to walk around the stadium and suck it all in and, and they bring out the ram and the guy would do the Derby poem uh, yeah. on the pit it, it was fantastic you know there, there's a lot oh brilliant well when we're, when all this is over you'll have to come back to a Derby game and, and have a pint and we'll, uh, we'll watch a Derby we, game I, I will 100% I'd love to and I know Mason wants to go back and he's been back once and I couldn't make it unfortunately because I was away on business but me and him are going to go back as well and watch a game yeah definitely. oh lovely well thank you for your time Tony we honestly genuinely really really appreciate it and, and it's well, falling on a brilliant day yeah <laughs> thank you thank you for having me appreciate it yeah take care of yourself and the family cheers I, bye I'm off, I'm off to watch that game see you in a bit <laughs> <laughs> so am I <laughs> here's Richard Keogh Finds the pass here for Wilson. It's great football. Mason Mount here for Derby. Scores! Astonishing stuff. You see Wilson, he's aware of where Mount is. You think he's just lost it. Even when he loses his balance, he still has the presence of mind to scoop it over Casilla, who goes down to the ground. And what a start to the second half for Derby.